Hello everyone and welcome to Off The Block Swimming Podcast Season 4. This is episode number 4. Thank you all very much for downloading our show today. Wherever you are right now in the world listening, I'm your host, Robbie Cox. Now firstly, apologies for the no podcast last week. It is a very busy time in swimming at the moment with nationals fast approaching and as you all know, my main job is being head coach of a fantastic swim team at St. George Swim Club. And at times, I do need to prioritize the team, but we are back this week and have some awesome episodes in the coming weeks, which I'm very much looking forward to you guys hearing for sure. Now, let's get to today's guest, French Olympian, ISL star, Beryl Gastadello. This is by far one of my best chats I think we've ever done here on Off The Blocks, and it's all thanks to Beryl's honesty and willingness to be so open. We discuss her career so far, being a third-generation Olympian, living and training in Texas, the ISL, but we also get into her battle with depression and anxiety, and I'll be very honest, I threw the script right out the window at one stage, and we just had a great conversation from there on. So I'm really proud of this one. I hope it resonates with you guys as much as it did with me. So let's get it started. Grab a coffee, turn the volume up, because episode number four, my chat with French superstar Beryl Gastadello starts now. Away they go. No problems with the start. There is two 100s in the second in it. Gary Hall Jr., the extrovert, and Ian Thorpe battling it out down the pool. Absolute star for her team, the LA Current, in the season two of the ISL. She's an Olympian from Rio in 2016, representing France, and is fast becoming one of world swimming's most popular athletes. It is a massive welcome to Off the Block Swing podcast to Beryl Gastadello. Beryl, how are you going? Hi, thanks for having me. <laughs> I'm doing not great. A, not a trouble at all. We've, we've taken a while to get this all hooked up, mate. I think this is about our fourth go of trying to coordinate dates and times and even still, I left you hanging. I made you wait about 15 minutes because I was trying to find a place to sit. For anyone who's listening and if you hear any random music or people walking in the door and calling my name, I am at work. I don't normally do podcasts at work, but we had to try and get the time frame in. So yeah. anything could happen, just so you know, Beryl. Same here, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, I'm waiting for no. one of your dogs to jump over yeah. you or just do something random. Exactly. <laughs> now, no, mate, 2020 funny. was what it was. Um, you know, the Olympics got postponed. The pandemic took over the world. I don't really want to go back that far. How's 2021 been for you? I know you guys, you know, just had a crazy snowstorm over there as well. So that mustn't have been great. How's it been this year? To be honest, it's starting just like uh, 2020. For yeah. me. <laughs> now it's been it's been rough since I yeah. came back uh, from uh, Europe and the ISL nationals. It's been rough. I had to do a lot of uh, all the anything else than swimming, but very tough things to deal with. So I'm trying to get through all of that. Mm -hmm. uh, but then we have the snowstorm. I couldn't swim. Uh, I 
I just didn't think this could happen ever in Texas. Uh, yeah. In seven years, I've seen it snow just once, really oh. small. And then this was like a key station in here. I was locked in my house. Uh, so anyways, thankfully I had hot water, electricity. So I was one of the lucky ones. Yeah, but, it was um, pretty bad. I, I yeah. know I'm just listening because I listened to a lot of like American podcasts and things like that. And they were definitely covering it on there. So what was... What was sort of um, setbacks for you during that time and how long were you, you know, were you set back for when the snowstorm hit? Uh, it was like a full week, basically. Um, and then I was most likely locked in my house. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because out of any cars, mine would be the last one to leave the parking spot. I have a Fiat 500 with tires that I have to change. Uh, so no way I can just drive on anything. Even yeah. uh, when it's running too much, it's dangerous. So <laughs> I need to get that fixed. But um, so I couldn't swim. I went to the gym. I think I was able to go three times and make sure someone I could drive come pick me up. Mm-hmm. Uh, the gym, it was freezing. Uh, so, I mean, crazy stuff in a way. That was just crazy. Um, yeah, I saw one on your Instagram story. I think there was no light. There was no power in there or something. And you sort of- Yeah, yeah. It would just go on and off. So it was just like <laughs> music, lights, and then nothing. Yeah. For like 30 minutes. <laughs> And at some point, you know, here around 5.36, you're restarting to, like, uh, the sunset. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was interesting, but I did what I could uh, with what I have. Yeah. And uh, that was definitely not the best time for me to not be able to swim. Mm-hmm. But then the, the week after that, I, I, I swam quite a lot, more than I've swum in months. And then I was grinding at the gym like crazy. And last week, I had a meet in uh, San Antonio. Uh, that was that was rough <laughs> my body is just dead from uh, nothing to everything and I'm doing new things in the gym yeah uh, so I have to I'm like in a period where I just I'm just trying to adjust it's a bit yeah. uh, so I'm not looking at the times too much but it still hurts <laughs> well that was going to be yeah, my next question hard. you know for all intents and purpose, uh, purposes sorry Tokyo is, is going ahead this year and I think it'd be great for all the spectators and athletes for us to be able to watch for you guys to be able to get a bit of normality back in and trying to qualify for teams and get on them and get over there and compete mm-hmm. what's pressure preparation sorry been like for you we just mentioned there that there's been some some disruptions. So, you know, everyone's been affected all around the world in many different ways, haven't they? Like there's definitely countries that, you know, weren't even able to still get back in the pool yet and things like that. How are you tracking? And, and is it a matter of what you just said, sort of I'm not looking at times, I'm just going to get the work done and follow my processes yeah. for now? To be honest, I just, I'm trying to live day by day, which is, satisfies one side of me uh, the flexible side and then yeah. does not satisfy the organized side of me but in this moment and these past few months i've just been just i have to be like everyone very flexible yeah. uh i have to say that that the snowstorm really <laughs> just hit us a lot because we're like come on like yeah. again something because here at AM at least it's a uh, privately uh i mean the pool we don't own the pool so every time there's something, they just decide to shut it down. You can't do anything about it. Um, and it's mostly everything uh, for the university team, you know, not the mm-hmm. pros. So it's been rough. Most of the pros actually like went somewhere else. So I'm part of the few survivors in here and we're trying to hold on. Mm-hmm. Uh, normally in two, three weeks, we'll be able to swim the team again after a whole year, Yeah, which is the case for many people. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's been a struggle to be honest. 
trying to find, find a bit of stability. Also, I'm obviously very far from home. I yeah. deal with a lot of things in this moment. So it's a, it's a training. I don't have a choice. Uh, and I'm learning a lot. It's, uh, I mean, it's always like that. When you go through uh, difficult times that you're learning a lot, uh, I'm just expecting to, for everything to get better in about a month, month and a half to leave me two, three good months just to get ready, be stable, uh, to get ready for um, the Olympics. Mm. So I'm well, excited that, about that. Yeah, for sure. And, and no doubt the Olympics are going to be different this year. I mean, how can they not be? It's, it's you know, it's been postponed. It wasn't meant to be on. <clears throat> it's going to be all sorts of protocols and things in place that just aren't normal. I think they announced today that there's going to be no, uh, no crowds. <laughs> No crowds involved. It's just going to, oh, no uh, international crowds, I'm sorry. They might let um, some Japanese people in there over there, obviously. For yourself, for the listeners who don't know, what's the process for you? Are, are you already qualified for the team? Do you have to get ready? When does that qualifying happen? And then how do you feel? Like, what, what have you got to do to get yourself ready for that? So I'm laughing because I say it's a bit of a mess to explain. Um, they decide, the French Federation decided to do something that they've never done before. So we usually have nationals in December, that is short course meters, and then national in April, long course meters. And obviously we qualify around April for the big meet uh, in the summer. And this year they decided to flip the short course national in December to long course, open a, qualify, a qualifying window from December to March 21st. Mm -hmm. And in that qualifying period, basically, uh, they also made a cut that is almost one second faster than the FINA A cut. Mm -hmm. So, and if they only take one swimmer, the first one that makes the time, you know? So if basically, uh, let's, let me give you an example. So I, I made it actually in December. Congratulations. Uh, the time was, Thanks, but that's just the pre-step. I still have to wait <laughs> 10 days, right? Make sure. Yeah. Uh, nothing sure at all because uh, my rivals actually have a meet and I'm guessing they will rest a little bit for it. Maybe yeah. not. That's my guess. Anyways, um, so the time was 53-53. Uh, you know, the A-cut is 54-3, I think, so significantly faster. Mm -hmm. I went 53-4 and I was first, so I pre-qualified. And then uh, a friend, um, a teammate, actually, Mary, she went 53-4, just the same exact time, 40. Mm -hmm. But I went faster in the morning, so I'm yep. still ahead. Uh, and then so they have another meet. Uh, if they go faster than me, whoever goes faster, you know, she takes a spot. And then I will only have one spot remaining after that for June, for next nationals. Um, so I have to wait. Right now mm -hmm. I have the spot and I might be qualified officially in 10 days. Or uh, I will have to fight for the last spot in June because we're basically three people for two spots. Yeah. Three, like, I mean, you know, it's just, it's France, it's not America or Australia, it's a big difference. <laughs> but mainly we, we're three people for two spots uh, in wow. the 103. What a roller coaster yeah. ride for you, though, of, of kind of emotions. You know, you, you get the time and you feel like, all right, I'm there. And then you're watching someone else and they're right on the time. And now you've got, Meets coming up. Obviously, in Australia, we have our, um, you know, qualifying meet where it's, you know, mm -hmm. the, the, the top two and they've got to get under their qualifying time. Obviously, Australia sets similar to what you said with France, the standards of you've got to get under that time. But um, it's like two, certainly not the roller like coaster two, that like you're about to go on. It's kind of like, you know, you touch and you know you're either in or you're out, whereas for you, you're kind of still waiting. Yeah, <clears throat> it just goes through uh, 
everything that's going on, you know, uncertainties, constant uncertainty, mm-hmm. uh, which is a bit annoying. I'm not going to lie, but then uh, I have to deal with it. Mm-hmm. And that's a, that's a learning thing for sure. Yeah. Um, so we'll see. For me, it's like I can't do anything right now. I'm not uh, in my peak performance whatsoever, but I'm uh, setting like things. Basically, it's, it's a rough period because I have to adjust to new training and it yeah. takes a toll on my body. Uh, adding to that a lot of emotional things from outside of the pool. So it's a bit of a rough period, but I can be a whole different athlete in one month. Mm-hmm. And that's something that I know I'm like that. So yeah. it's a bit difficult to deal with being like that because I also never know what I'm going to do. I surprise myself as, <laughs> as much as I surprise others. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I don't know. I might go 56 one day long course because I'm dead or like uh, go 52 maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes it's just... It's a bit rough to be like that, but that's how I am. And I'm learning yeah. also to accept mm. that I'm like that and everything. Um, so we'll see how that goes. <laughs> but yeah. right now, uh, basically, I just, I cannot fight for my spot anymore. You know, I don't have another meet. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are going to that one meet that closes the, the window. Yeah. Uh, it's in Marseille, south of France. Uh, so I just, I'm going to have to sit and watch and... Uh, and then, you know, be ready for, for June, mm-hmm. no matter what, because uh, if I qualify, it's only the 103 anyways, which is not uh, the only thing I would like to qualify to. So. 100%. Now, season two of the ISL, some brilliant performances for you. What, what stood out for you <laughs> in terms of sort of key moments for you representing the LA Current? Because you, you, a, a you had a pretty good uh, time over there, didn't you? Ah, that was so fun. Uh, that was actually super cool. Key moment? Because you had a few. Home. That's why I'm going to leave it up to you to say what, what the key moments are because you had some pretty good races. Uh, so in terms of races, because I, I was going like into the human experience and everything because that was just uh, six weeks, you know, I would say. Mm. Uh, I guess where I really... I did surprise myself. I mean... To be honest, I mean, people can say what they want. I wasn't really able to taper <laughs> because I was racing so much. Yeah. But I was very happy to be able to, like, drop a little bit at a time. Um, what really surprised me was the 100 IM the first time I swam it. Mm-hmm. When I went, f- what did I go? 57, right? I don't even remember. <laughs> seven, seven or something like that? Yeah, I was you sound like my swimmers. Well, what, what should you oh, yeah. be again? Oh, I don't know, whatever, well, who knows? I don't do know exactly, know? yeah, but um, <laughs> I remember being like, oh, that would be fun, you know, if I have a spot, can I swim it? They're like, yeah, for sure, and stuff. And I go, and uh, my best time before that was 59.8 or something, you know? Yeah, yeah. And so I just drop. go, and I have no idea what I'm doing, you know, I just go, because I, I never do pace or whatever, mm-hmm. or anyways. And the breaststroke part, and I go 57, I remember touching the wall, and I'm like, what i was like wait that's good i think you know um and so that really was the moment for me because i really surprised myself and i was the main thing is i walk into 100 im after i swam the 103 and i think it was like 20 30 minutes later Mm -hmm. and to be honest i was dead that's the thing i mean i felt dead i remember i was like still breathing i barely had time to warm down and i just like you know, I had to fight those thoughts of being, I'm tired. I'm like, no, no, you got it. And stuff. Let's go. It's fun and stuff. And I just do that. And I was like, okay, that really shows a lot. So mm-hmm. that was a moment for me. And probably when I won the 100 fly in the final, 
mm-hmm. by three one hundred ahead of Sarah. That was uh, that was super cool because same thing. I mean, I I was mentally, emotionally exhausted by the time, yeah. but I did not want to give up. That makes mm-hmm. sense. Yeah. Um, and I put everything in place. I did normal tech, got a massage two hours before the meet. I like crazy thing. I called her before, which I never do. You know, I was dead. Mm. Leading into the final, I was already dead. So that was pretty cool to like show that we can just like surface, like uh, just get through everything, you know, if we want yeah. to. Um, yeah. And I, I, I did not think I was going to win that race. So that was pretty cool. Yeah, that's like it is, two Yeah, months, it's definitely pretty years. cool to have a, a win over Sarah Showstrom, that's for sure. And as you said, you know, just having sort of more mental wins than physicals, that was you sort of going through, you know, yeah. maybe. Yeah, it's all about that. Yeah. I'm like, uh, that's what I'm doing. Like every day I'm just like working like self-development, like mentally. It's a big deal, but not only in the sport of swimming or any sports, but in life, right? And I always associate the both of them because – I mean, if I'm happy, I swim fast. And I think mm. most of the people also function like that. Yeah. Uh, so my goal is to just be good in life so I can be released and do what I have to do in the water. Yeah. Um, so that's what I, I'm working on right now. And the ISL was a, it was a, it was a lab. I was just experimenting everything, mm. every day, different techniques, different things I tell myself, different things I do. And at the end of the day, if you believe in something and you just work for it, you have results. And that was very cool to see that. I always compare it uh, to cooking, you know, you have different recipes, but at the end of the day, you know, I mean, you just have different recipes. It's like, we're all different. We need Mm -hmm. different things, but it's not because you train twice a day. I train once a day that we won't be able to perform as, as well. Things like that. So that was a, just a, I learned so much basically. Yeah, (laughs) absolutely. Well, I think, you know, just in terms of that, just to your point, I think we're all sort of learning, even as coaches now, we probably back in the day, coaches used to think there was one or two ways to do it. And now there's so many different ways for training programs to go. As you said, some people are training twice a day. Some people are training once. Some people are only doing maybe three or four swimming sessions and then they're in the gym more or just different ways. So we're always learning. And the thing is, as you guys as athletes, everyone's different, aren't they? Like, we can't treat yeah. athletes all the same because you're not going to get the same results. Well, I actually see that happening a lot, though. That's the thing. Yeah. It's, I think it's, it's getting better, right, mm-hmm. than uh, just having the old-fashioned coaching style, mm-hmm. uh, which works for some people. Still. Yeah, absolutely. But I feel like, you know, I, have, I just I talked about it with – I talked about this with some friends last time. I just feel like our generations and like the the younger people, uh, we're just more and more sensitive in a way. I just feel mm. like before people could take on crazy things and now it's just we're breaking down, you know? Yeah. It's just, uh, I don't know, it's weird. But uh, I mean, like on the swim team now, like a lot of people just have more like mental issues from overtraining, things mm-hmm. like that. Before, like the classes before me, those people would never die. You know? yeah, yeah, <laughs> I was yeah. the first one to explode. So it was just like, uh, I think it's interesting. And so if as a coach, if you don't really adjust, like adapt, try to like new ways, find things, or you stick to your thing at some point, it just doesn't work anymore. If that makes sense. So yeah. I, I like, I mean, also I'm a, I like to be consider myself as op- someone that is open-minded. 
Yeah. And so I like to work with people that are open-minded. That makes sense. Yeah. I think like, it's important. It's important to be flexible, isn't it? <laughs> be open to ideas yeah. and, and not be sort of stubborn and, you know, all my way is the way. Well, it's not always the way. Sometimes it is. Yeah. Sometimes we need to probably be more stubborn. Sometimes we're too flexible and, you know, we're sort of bending to everyone's when we're not sort of trusting our, our gut, but it's a fine line. Yeah. That's where, for example, I found, uh, even though it's not easy to not train for the, with the team for so long, in a way, it was a bad for good because we were only three or four people. And my coach has pretty much adjusted practices to each of us, you know. Yeah. Uh, besides, I mean, when you're a team of 40 people, you know, they split like mid-distance sprinting like that. But you still, you know, do you're part of a big, bigger group than just one person, basically. Yeah. Uh, and so that was, uh, I think that worked out pretty well for me because I need much less than most of the people, which is not easy to accept still because I feel like I don't do anything sometimes. Yeah. Um, but that it's coming more and more. I don't know if you know about the Albrecht method and uh, stuff like that. It's like testing lactate and they do mm-hmm. like a 400. Anyway, it's just yeah. like... Oh, Jan yeah, Albrecht? Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, I yeah. call it Albrecht. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We are, yeah. yeah. You've got, so I you've got the fancy like French that. accent. See, I, I put the Aussie slang on it. It doesn't sound quite as fancy when I say stuff. <laughs> well, I, I, I don't do it now for the moment, but I think mm-hmm. it's pretty interesting because it gives like a bit of help of like, and it's science, you know. Absolutely. If, if your swimmer is dead, he is dead. If your swimmer needs to swim like 2K, you know, once a day, long and easy, to recover, he needs to do that. Yeah. And I think that's really helping. Uh, so I'm actually like trying to do more of, of things like that mm-hmm. to help see where I'm at and what I need and things like that. But yeah. No, we'll absolutely. See. Yeah, no, you know, everyone needs to recover differently. I mean, we always write sort of the same recovery, don't we, in our sets? I mean, I'm, I'm going to be very honest. We just did a, a, a back-end speed set this morning for a 100 freestyle and everyone swam down the same. It was the same swim down. Now, to be honest, if I'm not going to be hypocritical, I probably shouldn't have done that because every athlete's different, but we're on a time schedule and all the coaches yeah, out exactly. there listening will know that, you know, we can't bloody wait around for the uh, out-and-out yeah. sprinters to have a 1,000 bloody and I feel like- swim down. Exactly. I feel like it's different also when you're like a professional and when you're like, you know, high school, college, things exactly. like that is different, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, because at some point, yeah, you can just, you're not really, you cannot really have a coach like more specific for like one person uh, to one person. You have to work as what works for the group a bit better. So, yeah, yeah. I definitely see that. But uh, now that I'm a professional swimmer, I expect like different things. That makes sense. Absolutely. Now, I want to go back to something you touched on just before. It's not on my rundown sheet, but I I found it interesting. And you were saying that, you know, in a way, you know, swimmers are sort of breaking down a little bit more now mentally and things like that. What do you think? Well, I I do. But my take on it is, though, Beryl, I think back in the day, swimmers were kind of um, programmed to not you know, you don't break down, you don't, we're not soft, we don't break down. Well, a lot of those swimmers went on to now see psychiatrists after swimming. <laughs> so they're, 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 yeah, a lot yeah, of their, yeah. you know, problems have been postponed. They never really escaped it. It's just in mm. the moment they had to keep going. I think now it's more acceptable yeah. that if you're feeling a way, say it and let's deal with it and let's talk it through. And I think you guys coming through now, and especially the younger swimmers that I, I'm coaching and, and, you know, we see at nationals, I think they're going to be more mentally balanced and more equipped when they become, you know, younger adults and they get a family because, 
you know, they were more open to, you know, sharing their feelings and, and sharing what they're going through and dealing with it yeah. at the time where a lot of, I think back in the day, and I, you know, I'm not probably, I'm 35. So there's, there's, you know, swimmers that are older than me that are, you know, have gone through stuff. And I'm just talking to people on the podcast, you know, Susie O'Neill, um, Grant Hackett, a lot of these guys definitely went through a lot post-swimming uh, with, with yeah. depression and stuff like that. Well, what I mean is basically like I completely agree with what you're saying. It's more like, um, so yeah, I mean, it's, how do you say that? Um, I'm in French in my head right now, <laughs> which doesn't help. I mean, it will sound uh, impressive, more, but nobody's going to understand what you're saying. It's more, so I agree, it's more like socially accepted. Yeah. And it's less of a taboo. That's how you mm-hmm. say it, I guess. Yeah, 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 yeah. Perhaps. Uh, it's less a taboo, but it's more like personally, like my experience with my team here, I kid you not. <laughs> People before, I, I mean, like maybe later on, but then for me, for example, like my personal experience, I kept going, kept going. And despite me, me I exploded, like no mm. choice, you know? Yeah, yeah. So that's where more like I feel like it's happening in a way. But it's like everything depends on your personal experience. Like, you know, you talk with a lot of people on your podcast. And I totally agree with what you're saying, though. So, mm. I mean, yeah, it, it just depends on the people and everything where you're at. That mm. was just from my personal experience. I just... And uh, just a, f- a few things, just talking about it, it's just people can't take as much, but because also then of the social experience we're having now, more mm. like open and you're more connected, so you see more what's going around. Yeah. Uh, cult- I guess the culture changed, does that make sense? Yeah. So it seems to, it, it appears that um, people are more fragile now. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Well, there's good and bad to that barrel, isn't there? I mean, they were trying to take away the Mr. out of Mr. Potato Head the other day, which is, you know, <laughs> there's good and bad to all of this, you know. Well, I think we've got to find the balance, which isn't always easy. Sometimes we go far too yeah. left or stay far too right. Um, where's the middle? Who knows? Um, <laughs> we could talk about this for ages, honestly, because <laughs> that's that's a whole other podcast about what's going on in today's <laughs> world. Um <laughs> just crazy anyway and i don't i try to i try to keep my opinions out of it because they can either be uh very um ostracizing or people agreeing people are like yes and people are like oh yeah, we can't yeah, say that that's why i mean i'm a really <laughs> like i said i'm really open-minded to like there's always both sides of the mm. story anyways so yeah yeah well, mate, as we know, there's ebbs and flows in swimming, twists and turns, especially to the heights that you compete at. For all the youngsters listening out there who are teenagers and they're maybe plateauing for some reason or they're going through difficult periods, as a junior swimmer coming through, you know, were there things that you needed to overcome? We'll get to sort of what you've sort of overcome now as an elite athlete, but as a junior swimmer coming through, what sort of difficulties did you have to kind of overcome? When you said junior, like what age is that? Because I'm going like to say between like nine to yeah, no, you're right. like nine to say sixteen around that, like sort of. Oh boy, I have to think really quick. <laughs> uh, well, first, let's say well, I was home, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, and at fourteen, first of all, I went to so you say high school because mm-hmm. uh, we say college with okay, high school. Yeah. I went to high school, was like 30 minutes away from my family. So no big deal. You know, I was still home, but then I was in a study and sport like place. Mm-hmm. Um, then after that, so I mean, 
so I went away from all my friends and stuff like that. So I started like seeing that I had to do a bit of sacrifices, you know, yep. Sacri- like I was like, well, it kind of, it sucks that I have to be away from my friends, my comfort zone. I already had in high school to go somewhere else. Yeah. Uh, so I had to like rebuild everything. I guess that was a bit of a challenge. I guess, you know, I'm trying to like build up uh, because it did build up. Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, if that was the worst, I would love it. Um, and then when I was 14 and a half, I left home and I went to Tunis, from Marseille, Tunis, which is two and a half hours away. Mm-hmm. And I lived, um, a room. I was rooming with people. Uh, so when I, mean, I was a very young, you know, to, to do that, they were all older, like 18, 19 girls. We were like four people. That was a mess uh, because, you know, you're like just growing as a, for me as a woman or as a man and you're just like 15, it's like full, full puberty. Yeah. Uh, and then before that, I was pretty much a tourist at swimming. You know, if I didn't want to, I, didn't, I wasn't doing things. I would just like cut, uh, just I didn't care too much, but I don't know, cared enough to like go and study and do like swimming at the same time. So I went in Nice and I, that's when I trained with uh, Camille, Mufa, Yannick Agnel, and mm-hmm. uh, the coach was uh, is Fabrice Pellerin. And there, first practice, um, with the warm-up was 800, and I remember that. <laughs> and they were so much faster than me, so much. I mean, I barely swam long course, you know, it was long course meters. And because they passed me so much, I just cut, you know, I was like, I'm just doing it. I'm just cutting, and I was at the wall. And I remember the coach talking to me. I was like, here, you don't do that. Yeah. You don't do that in here. And so uh, he taught me how to train, basically. You know, I went for like four times a week uh, or five times, uh, playing in a diving well when I wanted to, things like that, to like actually training. Yeah. Uh, and I started doing doubles. So that was very challenging. And then obviously at 18, I left for the US, not knowing anything about where I was going, never mm-hmm. got like never came on a recruiting trip, anything. So, I mean, that's a lot of challenges too. I go from France to Texas, which is, uh, I don't know how many times bigger. Yeah. Um, and then I, I did not really speak English very well, which I, I still struggle with sometimes. <laughs> uh, and so I had to study in English, everything. Just, I did not know anything. Um, yeah. All the system, you know, SECs, NCAAs, the credit score for classes. So I had to, to learn everything and I was on my own, like really on my own in here. Mm. So that's some challenging, like more challenges like life related to swimming. I don't know if you wanted more like of a, for example, for five years, I did not improve on my 103. Yeah. You know, I went from uh, 55 to 53.9 in one meet in 2015. And I've never swum 54 before. Yeah. So that shows like, you know, before that for five years, I just went the same time. I was 55. And that happened again. <laughs> I was 53.9 in 2017, I don't remember. And then I only went 53.8 last year, again, after like, you know, so sometimes you go through life and mm. you just, if you don't, I feel, I mean, I go all over the place, but so I, I had a lot of challenges, if that makes yeah. sense. No, no, I lost just... my dad uh, two months before the Olympics. Wow. So that was uh, that was very tough, and I went mm. to the Olympics. Uh, I actually, we final with the relay. My individual races, I did not really do anything, but I was very happy to be there and everything at that time. Um, then, like 
unfortunate things happen like that. And it's the same for everyone. Not same story, but we all have challenges we challenges. go through. I don't wish anyone to have like, you know, lose yeah. their dad or family or anything, but they might go through some other challenges that are like the worst for them. Mm. That's something I've learned as well, by the way, is that the worst for me is definitely not the worst for my neighbor. You know, maybe my neighbor's worst yeah. thing is to not be able to practice with the team. Yeah. And you can't compare, which is rough. Mm. But I learned that actually the hard way, but I did. Mm. Um, so I, I actually faced a lot of challenges, but that's what made me who I am today. Uh, so I'm thankful, which is took a long time for me to be grateful for that. <laughs> yeah. Well, I want to go back to that hundred um, that, that sort of plateaued for five years yeah. in a second. But I, I did note that you were a third generation Olympian. Is that true? That, you know, there's three yeah. generations of your family. What, what, did that put any pressure on you growing up to, to need to do that or to want to do that? Or I'm not saying people said, oh, Beryl, you better do it because, you know, there's three generations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But well, like for that- yourself, did you put any pressure on yourself to, to get there? Do you want to laugh? I, I feel like until August 2020, which was seven months ago, yeah. uh, I wasn't here. I know it sounds weird what I'm saying, but <laughs> I just landed on life. Yeah. Before I was living like that until, you know, I, that thing, 2017. But um, I just, I don't know. I've been swimming my whole life. I loved it. I was actually doing track and field and stuff like that. Natural swimming. My family is all swimmers, but they never, never, contrary to what people can think, you know, they draw conclusions most likely, which I hate, by the way. Yeah. Uh, no, my family never pushed me into swimming. They actually were sad that I like chose swimming in a way, <laughs> yeah. you know. Because yeah. they were excited to like get out of the pools and stuff. My dad was a swimming coach for 18 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, he coached like Paralympic swimmers and uh, uh, he was a very good coach. And when my brother and I, uh, I have an older brother, mm-hmm. uh, started swimming a bit more seriously, he actually stopped coaching, for example. So he stepped uh, out of the, the, the pools. Yep. Um, my mom was a swimmer as well. She worked for a brand company. She actually stopped working for that company. So they really like, just they let let us be you know yeah. um i don't remember what i was saying anymore <laughs> i went all over the place no no it's okay, okay. Uh, i want to talk to you about um college life so well, what drew you to head to texas to go so was it studying would you do want to head there and study something was it more around training and what's your experience been like obviously you said you had challenges you were still learning english and obviously Texas is a is a world yeah. different to, to France, that's for sure. I've never been there, but I, I can assume it's it's very different. What was that yeah. what was that like for you and, and what drew you there? So I, I remember actually we were talking about the third generation. That's why I was going all over the place. <laughs> uh, I have my thoughts in like like a tree, you know, they go and I like oh, I know what you're talking about. Don't worry. Like, when when my coffee kicks in, in, I go all over the place too. Don't worry. <laughs> so I'm sorry about that for no, don't, hey, don't feel bad. Honestly, we have not really followed the running sheet at all. This is one of the first times, my first interview, where I've been very into this conversation <laughs> that I don't even know what we're talking about, but I feel like we're having a really good chat and we're, I'm just going with it. So I don't really I, mind. I actually, I mean, I do that, uh, yeah. <laughs> but I'm a bit, I'm tired right now. So I guess I'm doing it even more. So I'm sorry. But okay, going back to the study. Um, I the, actually, that's what's funny. I always wanted to go to Australia. Yeah. Always. But it wasn't really open at the time, uh, scholarship wise and things like that. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I was like, oh, well, like I can go to the US, you know. 
Uh, and I wanted to do that because at home, we're not really, we actually not really able to study and do a sport at the same time. Yeah. So for me, it was important to have a degree, you know, do have a backup plan, things like that. And that was a great opportunity to learn uh, something new. But like I said, I wasn't really there. It's like I just followed the flow. I was like, oh, the U.S. Yeah, okay, got recruited. Okay, I'm going. Never visited. Never like, I don't know what I was doing. Uh, I just don't get it. That's why it's, it's hard for me to explain because yeah. most of the people I know, they had a plan. For years, they wanted to go to the U.S. They got recruited two years before, things like that. And I'm just like, why did you go there? What drew you there? And, you know, and I'm like, uh, life. I don't know. Yeah, I just yeah, yeah. wanted to go with the flow. follow the river. So it is kind of what happened. Yeah. Um, and I ended up in Texas A&M uh, because I was very late in the, in the process. It was around May for August. You know, people do that a year in advance minimum. Yeah. And most of the schools, they did not have scholarships left anymore because they have a certain amount. And um, it was between Texas, uh, so UT, the rivals, and Texas A&M. And it was complicated with my English like scores, which were, uh, I think, the minimum that I could get and things like that. And, um, and I don't know, I, I just had a, a better feeling with A&M. So I, I ended up there. That makes sense. Very nice. Well, 2015 was a big year for you. I think you got a national record in the 50 backstroke. You went to world champs in Kazan. What was that experience like for you? What lessons did you sort of take away? Was this your first sort of major international meet and you know did you did you learn any sort of harsh lessons there or did you just you know yeah. was it easy what, how was that for you um i think i went to europeans in 2014 so that was my first 18 like um not junior team mm-hmm. so it was it was 2009 uh, european championships but um like i said i, I mean I'm, I'm not gonna invent things and stuff i wasn't there yeah. I, people would be like, what does she mean by she wasn't there? <laughs> yeah. uh, I had to explain. It's like I was leaving, but I wasn't really there. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a bit sad, but, you know, better now than never. Mm-hmm. Um, I just same thing, following the floor, swarms, like, eh, it was okay, I think. I, I think, I don't remember, I think I might have semi-final in the 50, something, or something, I don't even know what I did, you know, I can't tell you what I did. Yeah. Um, Especially like six years ago. <laughs> I think I could be good for 2018, 19, maybe 2020. <laughs> Other than that, no. Uh, I just remember, yeah, at that time, I did not really believe in myself anyways. I just mm-hmm. was there because of talent, most likely. Yeah. You know, I, I was working, but it's more like, um, yeah, I didn't even know what I was doing there. You know, mm-hmm. I, I guess I know I can consider myself lucky because... You know, most of the people have to work very hard. And I was lucky enough that in a way I could get there without yeah. much of that yet. But then obviously at some point it only gets you so far, right? So 100%. yeah, at that time I was still a bit like that. Yeah. Well, it goes to show how naturally gifted and talented you are, you know, to be able to get to those heights and go to Olympics and and still kind of, you know, in your own head thinking, well, I don't know if I'm good enough to be here. But well, you are because you're there. Like I, I always find that really, you know, um, tough to understand because I've never been an athlete at your level. So when people go to the Olympics, they're like, I don't know if I belong here. I'm like, you're there. That's how you belong. You know, you when you've made it, you know, yeah, there's yeah, yeah. so many people that didn't make it. it. It's really, I don't think I was denigrating myself. It's more like, uh, I don't know, you know, not even, 
I just barely remember. So I don't want to say something that is wrong, but yeah. uh, I, for sure, I was not like I would be right now. You know, right now, I'm yeah. much more grateful for everything which I work for now. Mm-hmm. I mean, I really, I'm conscious that I work for it and things like that. At the time, it was a bit different in all that sense. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I want to I want to talk about it now because we've sort of alluded to to you know 2017, 18, and what you went through. Um, you've you've been pretty open since about you know going through depression mm-hmm. and anxieties. And I was reading, yeah. and I'm going to quote you, but you can tell me whether you said this or not. But this is what this was a, a, a quote from um, something I was reading that you had said, and I kind of want to say it because I want the kids listening to to hear it because I think it was perfect and and it just goes to show that you know people are listening out there that they're not alone in the way they're thinking but you sort of said uh, you can't be ashamed we'll have problems I realize that nearly everyone goes through that in their lives there are degrees you know you don't have to go so deep you have to take care of yourself pay attention and ask the right questions swimming it's a sport but I look at it as uh, black and white I realize now there is also some grays taking a break doesn't mean I'm quitting if I go back to training again, I'll come back stronger. Otherwise, I'll do something else. And I, I love that because I, I think, to your point in that, you know, people think it is cut and dry, it is black and white, and you go hard or you go home. Um, I think these days there's definitely many ways to skin a cat. Talk to me about what you went through, more so probably how you've come out on the other end because, you know, you're talking about now how you've sort of just arrived in the last two years and you've sort of found yourself and found, you know, yeah. how you go about it. Talk to us. First of all, uh, where did you find that? Because that's pretty cool. Well, I could that. see you nodding like, yeah, I did good on that. Yeah. <laughs> I have to say I'm myself with that one. <laughs> yeah, well done. I'm, I'm really saying that. That's also progress right here to say in front of everyone and I'm proud of myself. Yeah. Uh, that's pretty freaking cool, actually, because no, it's I, the truth. I enjoyed it. Yeah, I loved it. Wow. Yeah, it's true. Um, well, well, I, I just cannot go into all the details. It would take way too long, but mm-hmm. uh, I, I, it definitely touched the ground. Mm-hmm. It escalated uh, without me realizing it. I think post-Olympic depression, uh, my dad, when I lost my dad, I had to keep running. I had to yep. keep going. Like we said you know, before, like I just had to keep going. It's what you do at Worlds, the after, things like that. Um, and then in around December 2017, after doing very very good the best meet i've ever done a short course at invite in november i was in the best shape ever when 48 short course yard at the meet dual meet like that um man before i would go 50 you know it was i was in a great shape uh it just around christmas when we had a not really a break because here we don't really have breaks in christmas we have to train through i was actually uh the family of my my boyfriend at the time it i just things exploded i started having nightmares and i started coughing coughing more coughing more and more and more not able to stop panicked it went and i felt like it went from zero to everything but in a way when i go back on it now it slowly built up without me realizing it you know i was exhausted sometimes uh and I'm someone that is actually a very happy person and stuff. And I lost my, my joy without knowing. So anyways, and so I, it was very difficult for a solid three months. I actually, I, I had to go back home in emergency. They put me on high medication, mm-hmm. like uh, SSRI, you know, anti-depression thing, yeah. 
that I reacted to. I couldn't sleep for two weeks. I slept like four hours in two weeks. Wow. And I had 35 ticks uh, nonstop. Yeah. So I couldn't even speak. Uh, I mean, it's hard to imagine. You know, I was like, mm. like ticks and stuff. I went home. I went to see so many doctors. Anyways, uh, I also was like, oh, I mean, I was in my bed. I said that because it's powerful in a way because I really thought I would never get out of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember finding myself in my bed. I was trying to go to bed at like 3 p.m. With yeah. some hypnosis, so like, but I couldn't. I had electricity going, like, all of this sounds crazy, but it really happened. And mm-hmm. so, um, that's the thing. You're like, oh, I'm crazy, crazy. I'm, I'm going yeah. crazy. And like, no, you're not. You know, like no. things are crazy. Like the emotions just took control of everything. Yeah. Just everything are like denied, and everything just it comes back. So that's something a message that I actually want to want to pass to people is just like. Do not deny everything. Go through the hard times. And I'm still almost doing it a little bit. Still nowadays, what's going on, you know? Because that's mm-hmm. the tendency I have. Uh, you don't want to do that. It's coming back to you one way or the other. And <laughs> you either through, go through a pain that is painful uh, at the moment. Then years later, we're like something insane. Like I wasn't even to leave anymore. I couldn't breathe. I had to stop yeah. swimming. Um, anyways. And I remember that that was a key moment. I was in my bed at home and uh, I was exhausted and I remember being like like I can't keep living like that it's not a life you know and in my head I was like there's no way I'm getting out it's, it's over mm-hmm. and I was like also but I don't want to kill myself right and I was like what am I gonna do and that that's very sad I know but yeah. um, it really what it was you know because well, I, I mean the positive life. part of it is is that message you just said like I don't want to end this isn't how I want it to go and obviously yeah, yeah. is that and, you know, is that the part for you where no you started job. to look forward yeah the, at that moment I was obviously in full depression mm. and I had some dark thought a little bit you know and I was like no 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 uh, so getting help is very important as well yeah, yeah. and so that moment was key because I was like where it's either you kill yourself somehow, which I couldn't, because uh, I love life so much, yeah. and I was thankfully had people around me, or yeah. you find a way to get out of this, otherwise you're going to suffer your whole life until you die somehow. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh my God, wow, yeah. I have no choice. But at that time, you have to know, I was someone that built in the negative to be positive. And so I really realized at that moment that I had to change a whole structure to get out of it it's like i have to change how i deal with things because being negative to get out of something like that you, you don't get out you cannot be like oh you know i suck but inside you're like oh but no i don't think i suck that much no yeah. no you cannot be like that and so that took a long time it was yes. very painful process um but then it was slow so i just gonna step forward now because it was a long explanation but basically it was such small progress just Sometimes one little victory every three days, then it was every two days. Then it was like, you know, uh, coughing a bit less or doing less of this tea because it's small, it's small, small. Being able to, I came back to the US, uh, still wasn't swimming, but I went to CrossFit, showing up, doing yeah. things, getting out the house. Uh, sometimes being feel like you actually breathe because mm-hmm. you can do it, not panic. Just small victories, small, small. And what's crazy is that so that was end of December, January, February, 2018, December, 2017. Uh, obviously March, April and stuff. There was one I was like slowly trying to like, I was able to leave slowly, things like yeah. that. I actually got my, my first dog 
at that moment, mm-hmm. she pretty much saved my life, you know, because it was like, oh, I, I live for someone else as well and things like yeah. that. But anyway, and I went, I, I went to nationals. It was in uh, April, end of April, I think. And before that, I saw him for three days. I don't want to say something wrong. No, even worse. No, I actually went to NCAA swimming two weeks for, sorry, 45 minutes or something, whenever I could do it. So went to NCAA, swam it even times. And then after that, I stopped swimming again, if I remember. It just all, I'm saying that just for people to, to see that you can go from like the bottom to like mm-hmm. come back on your feet, you know, back yeah. up on your feet. Uh, it's a bit foggy for me, so I apologize for that. But anyways, I remember I swam three times long course before nationals in France. And I just interned myself in 50 fly, 50 back, 53, mm-hmm. free. And uh, someone was like, no, just do the 103. Just make it. I'm like, okay. And somehow I got fourth. Somehow I got fourth. So I got into the relay for European Championships in Glasgow 2018. Um, and after that, I was able to swim a little bit. I switched team. Mm-hmm. So I came back to swimming. Instead of being on the girls' team, I went on the guys' team, which never happened before in the history yeah. of Texas A&M. So that was tough also with all being like judged and everything by people yeah. um, because I'm, I'm just different. And for me, it was like, I have to change. The main thing when you struggle with things like that is that you have to make a change, at least mm-hmm. one big change, you know? Yeah. And so forward to that, uh, we go to the meet and stuff and we I swim in the morning and at night they decide, they decide to make me anchor that relay, the 4 by 100 free relay. So I, I'm saying all that story. I know it's long, but... Because I think no, 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 don't cool. be, don't be. No, it's good. I, I'm enjoying it. I like... They decide to anchor the... To make me anchor the relay. I'm like the fourth person. I'm, I'm the fourth. I'm not, you know, first or second time, which usually you make anchor, right? To finish strong and things like that. So I'm like, why? Why is it doing that, you know? <laughs> and they came up to me like, we know you can do it. And I had so much pressure on. I was like, yeah, I'm like training for two months. And that experience actually was insane. Mm-hmm. Insane. I used all the sufferings I went through. Um, I could, I mean, I don't know if you want me to go in detail. That thing was insane because I had no training. I was exhausted. I still was having ticks all day long, so like breathing, coughing, like yeah. couldn't sleep much, medication. Um and then I'm about to step on the block and I, I turn right and I see Ranomi, Kromori Jojo, you know? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, like shit. You know? <laughs> yeah. And I see like they are kind of like closed. It's, it's basically the Netherlands and France, like mm-hmm. ahead of everyone. And it's just, at that time, it was just all on me, you know, for my team. Yep. And I remember being like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm, yep. like, I'm suffered so much. I am here. I'm alive. Let's do it. Let's go. I remember like I diving. <laughs> I just do my thing and I flip turn. And I remember being like, oh man, I have nothing left. <laughs> and I was like, oh no. You know, I yeah. just my legs struggled to push on the one. And I was mm-hmm. like, and I, I'm breathing every four to the right. Mm-hmm. And she was on my left side on coming back to touch the wall. And I remember like I was like, one, two, three, four. I was like, go, 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 go. And I was like, I don't know where she is exactly. And I started, I was like, don't breathe left, breathe left. Ah, she's here. And I remember being like, uh, I just had nothing left. And that was kind of crazy. But somehow, like, I thought about my dad. Something just outside of this world just happened. Like, my dad came in 
And I kid you not, I did not feel anything the last 15 meters. Nothing. Mm-hmm. And I outtouched her by uh, 12 100s. Wow. And so we became like European champion. Uh, yeah. So from wanting to die, uh, you know, six months earlier, yeah. European, double European champion, actually, because I saw him in the morning as well for another relay. So, and, and I passed the details of like, I feel like I was, there was like fire when you walk out. I was <laughs> on fire inside. I had fires on my like laser, like, yeah. I mean, the whole thing, you know? So, yeah, I had nothing. It was all mental. Wow. I had no like physical abilities at that point. Wow. No, I, I love that story. And for any listeners, I'm sure they loved it too. And I think it's a credit <laughs> to you, Beryl. I, I know you kind of probably undersell it, but. You know, it's a it's a test to to the strength of character and um, you know the person that you are because not everyone does come out of that hole. Not everyone does have the willpower that you had to be like, no, no, this isn't the way my story ends. I'm gonna go one foot in front of the other and I'm gonna keep going. And I think it shows a lot of strength and it shows your character. So I definitely have a lot of admiration for that. So congratulations. And, and as I said, the reason why I wanted to go into that story and I apologize for you know making you bring all that sort of stuff back up, but because no, there's so many no. people out there that, you know, they, they are going through stuff, aren't they? And as you said, you know, some people, if we're being brutally honest and we're talking the honest truth, some people don't get out of that hole and some people don't see that light. I know. Well, don't apologize. Like, uh, for me, it's more, you know, I don't want to, because I get carried away, basically carried away sometimes. Uh, yeah. And I'm, I don't think I've said all of that somewhere. <laughs> more like it was in detail but i could even yeah. i've gone more trying to make it so not yeah, that much no. <laughs> to make sure you know but because it does sound probably crazy to certain people oh she's my she just she probably exaggerates i'm like i wish <laughs> i no. wish but you know i cannot convince people like i know what i went through 100%. Uh, and i actually am much more before that i never injured myself i never i didn't know that people could suffer and men mainly that well, mine was very physical, you know, cough, uh, move, things like that. But some people, that's the thing. You don't see it, you know. Most of the people don't see it. Yeah. Um, we all have, I mean, you know, once in your life, uh, some sort of depressive episode, seasonal, or some people yeah. are always a bit depressive in their life or whatever, or, or disease or things like that. And since that, I really changed. That changed me. So it's rough to say because it looks like it was meant to happen for me to understand all of that. And I'm like, wow, I didn't have to go through that much, did I? But I guess yeah, I did, yeah, you know? Yeah. Uh, and now I understand much better, like, uh, for example, um, the autist, autistic, I think you say people. Yeah. Yep. Uh, because I had no filter and uh, I was sensitive to lights, noises. I, I'd never, I haven't gone to the movie theater like uh, for a year and a half. Like mm-hmm. crazy. I would like walk, stop breathe works i had ocd and I, I mean like so i really understand a lot mm. more what's going on in the world nothing i understand everything yeah but that makes me much more sensitive person and uh, like i have much more empathy that makes sense no i'm actually learning how to like protect myself yeah uh, well that's what i was gonna say more than anything beryl it sounds like you've really you understand yourself now you know where before you probably had questions like why am i doing this why do i feel this way Still working on it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. are we? Hey, we all are. And that's why I love that quote yeah. because, you know, we're all going through stuff. And I always say to my swimmers or my coaches or my family, my daughter, you know, 
um, we're all we're all special. We've all got our issues at, at some point. There's no one that's just a perfect human being and wakes yeah. up happy and goes through life happy. But that's the thing. That's the thing. I feel like with society, the society we live in and all the social media. I mean, I'm not saying anything new in here. You know, you yeah. you believe like people always show that they're happy and stuff, and uh, mm-hmm. and so it, it's not true. We all struggle here or there, uh, one way or the other. But uh, oh yeah, yeah, Instagram is good for just those happy photos. I used to bag my wife out all the time because she'd take a photo of my daughter in the pram smiling, and it looked like we're out for a really good day at the picnic, like at the park. And then I said, "Well, you've got to get the next photo, which was her screaming and crying because she wasn't getting food." And like that one never makes Instagram. It's always like the oh look, it's a happy family. We're out today. We were happy. I'm That's not saying we were, but like there's definitely the downsides. But they never make Instagram. They never make it. Yeah, so. well, in a way, nah, you know, that makes sense in a way, I guess. It depends yeah. what you want to say. But, yeah. Now, Beryl, so. I want to hey, talk about something that I know you love, which is is getting in the gym. Um, and I, I know a lot of my swimmers definitely enjoy it, and I'm sure there's a lot of um, athletes out there listening to this that are enjoying it. I think even the thought around being in the gym for swimmers these days has changed a lot from, from back in the day and strength and conditioning yeah. training and, and all of that sort of stuff. I, you know, I follow you on Instagram, as I'm sure a lot of people do, and I see you're always in there and enjoying yourself. Thanks. Talk to me about, you know, what you like most about, you know, strength and conditioning training and being in the gym. And, and is there a sort of a certain day you look forward to most? Like, you know, I'm more of a back yeah, day fan because I'm lazy and chest day is just, I'm, I can't do oh, okay. I'm, I'm so weak. I'm horrible. I'm bad. <laughs> but what, well, it really is. It's embarrassing. I always have to tell people I'm warming up. Like, oh, it's just my warm-up, but it's really not. That's my max. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's sad. You're sad that you have to do that. Oh, you no. should not have to do that, you know, but anyway. <laughs> yes, you um, should. And then the guy comes next to you and he's, be- he's benching 150. I'm like, oh, man. Even- yeah, but you can compare yourself. That's the thing. That's <laughs> uh, true, though. Yeah. Uh, when when you say something you really like, I thought you were talking about food, but I understand. <laughs> well, we can talk about that, too, because nah, I'm a big fan nah, of food it's a as joke, well. It's a joke. Um, <laughs> So, yes, I like the gym. Uh, Same thing. I don't even know how I really, like, came where I'm at right now with everything I'm doing. But um, what I like most about the gym is that it's not the water, first of all, right? It's different. And it's basically another platform to express myself Mm -hmm. uh, and – Something that is very important, I think, uh, in terms of balance with swimming is to have at least something else, you know, yeah. school, passion, like, you know, playing music, going, because let's be honest, when you don't have a good practice, it really impacts you. Unless, you know, you work on it for that to not happen, which I'm still doing, you know, because that happens time to time. Or I have something you can just something else. For example, I... What I say is I always try to finish my day and be proud of myself for one thing. And it can be in the pool, at the gym, other stuff, but mainly in terms of training, pool or gym, you know? Yeah. And uh, so that's what I like because sometimes I struggle at practice and I go to the gym and I, I try and I always come out of the gym with a smile on my face, most likely, really. Just because I can just talk with people, I take my time or more or less, um, I can just was like, okay, uh, I think I can do a good squat session in here because I don't do chest day, leg day. It's more like I, I do Olympic weightlifting. Yeah. Uh, so I go three times a week, uh, Olympic weightlifting 
for example, I can be more precise if you want uh, what I go do. Go for it. Yeah, no, I mean, yeah, okay. there's definitely listeners that, that enjoy that sort of yeah. stuff. So go for it. So I go Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday with S's everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, it's my Olympic weightlifting day. Mm-hmm. Um, so for the first day, it's going to be, blah, blah, what is it? Power snatch, front squat, and I do a circuit. So it can be like pull-ups, this and that. Mm-hmm. Uh, then at the end, stretching, treatment if I need. The second yep. day is um, hang power clean or hang power snatch. Uh, glute bridges sometimes. And then a circuit. And the third day is power cleans, back squats, a circuit. With, the circuit is three, uh, usually three or four exercises I do two, three, or four times, depending yeah. on one when I'm dead <laughs> or zero. <laughs> <laughs> and then I do, uh, we call them dryland, but I don't do anything cardio. It's Mondays uh, and uh, Fridays. I do like small exercises. I do all those, I don't know if you heard about like the Eldoa uh stretching yeah. uh, my facial stretching that's what i do so it takes me a while you know um every day i spend like i said between two and four hours at the gym uh mm-hmm. and i go every day besides wednesday afternoon that is off and sunday so i also my whole saturday i don't really have a weekend my weekend is one day and that's something that i i chose to be able to separate things and because i need more time to recover so i would be more efficient i would be more recovered because i'm just like that you know for mm-hmm. four years when i was in the team we were like swim go lift on 45 minutes i was traumatized over fully overtrained exhausted underslept for four years five years so I, when because i was able to take things in my hands control things i decided to just spread it around Does that makes sense yeah, yeah. but i know not everyone can do that that's my job so i decided to like you know, when I swim 9 to 11, 9 to 10, so 30 or whatever. And I go to the gym around 4, 4.30. Yeah. So it gives me a long time to like recover. But in between, I have stuff to do, right? Uh, anyway, so that's what I do. <laughs> that's why I love going to the gym. Uh, and also, so I have my coach, Philip. And yeah. we, all, we, uh, we just see, you know, what I like is if I'm dead, I am dead. Sometimes for three days, I just don't show up. It happens maybe twice a year. But, you know uh today i don't think i'm gonna do much i'm exhausted uh mm-hmm. there's no much there's no need to uh go and push the machine more and more and more to go to exhaustion things like that so that's why i love the gym you can make different adjustments and also like to speak with people different yeah, people yeah. uh i'm very social so no yeah, i know what you mean this <laughs> no you're right no that's I see when I go to the gym and I'm not nearly as, as good as what you're doing in the gym, that's for sure. But I just like to get in, get it done and get out. But I know what you're talking about because you get in there and you get a group of friends together and you, you know, how like you, you'd obviously, and especially if you're, um, you know, doing high intensity with low repetitions, you'd need a bit of recovery in between as well. So take that opportunity to have a chat I'm and a talk about you. <laughs> Usually my sets, you know, it would be, um, four to six reps for doubles or six to nine for singles, but I never do singles anymore. So anyways, four to six reps, right? Yeah. So, you know, most of the people in 15 minutes, they're gone. It takes me like 45 minutes. I just start <laughs> to warm up because I warm up, I build up. Yeah, yeah. And then I take like three, four, five, if I'm dead, like six minutes in between. Yeah. Then I just sit, put my legs up, roll, just talk, walk around, do my life <laughs> until I feel like my body is like ready to go. Yeah, that's yeah. cool. Um, so yeah, 
No, That's and it's definitely I, better when you're training with people, isn't it? Like, to, you know, to your point, and as I said, I'm only going off my own experiences. I've started trying to get fit and I'm heading to the gym and I've got a personal trainer who I, I used to coach him. So that's always fun. Like we're just talking about the old days and stuff like that. And the other day I looked up and we I, I trained with him for two hours and I, I didn't honestly feel like I'd trained for two hours and I'd worked hard. I was sweating. I'd worked really hard. But the time goes really quick when you, you know, you're having a good time, you're enjoying yourself, you're working yes, when you've got to work. But crazy. Crazy. Yeah. I mean, you should... I don't look at the time. That's the main thing. Yeah. And sometimes I come in time for like my coach to come or I just, I see someone literally 15 minutes went by. I'm like, I have to get started. That's <laughs> yeah. already just 15 minutes, but it's not all the time, you know? Yeah. Uh, but even though sometimes I go, I'm like, I get in, warm up. I don't stop. I do my thing yeah. and I still take two hours. And I'm like, hey, I don't get it. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, sometimes I come out, it's like eight. And I'm like, I've got to eat now. <laughs> it's, kind of, yeah. it's time to go home. Yeah. And yeah. I have to walk my dogs and I walk them like at least 30 minutes. So sometimes I'm like, all right, come on, let's go. Let's this day, you know? <laughs> well, you mentioned your dogs there. And then my next question is about life away from the pool and life away from training. What do you get up to when you're not going up and down the black line? Obviously, you know, we just touched on, you know, you yes. love your dogs. And I know well, you just, your dog just had some surgery recently too. Yes. It doesn't stop. <laughs> I'm like becoming a vet. I'm making that joke to my vet because she sees me like a lot. Yeah. Uh, I'm so I'm, I'm actually I'm acquiring that skill a mm. bit more like being of a vet. You know, like I can give advice to my friends stuff about their issues <laughs> with their animals because yeah. uh, I went through so much. But yeah, obviously I take care of my dogs, which takes a while because I treat them like people. Mm. You know, I would love to go on walks. I try to go at least an hour, like one hour walk plus yep. 30 minutes minimum so it's like it takes me around an hour two hours a day just to walk them and mm -hmm. so i guess take time but mainly what i do um it depends i'm trying to read start to read because i have a yeah. traumatized from uh, school i'm actually <laughs> ptsd from school yeah. so i struggle to read but i'm so interested in so many things but i'm um i love everything like psychology neurology mm -hmm. That's what I'm doing all day long. Like I said, self-development, you know. Yeah. Um, so I'm very interested into that. And uh, when I don't have a lot of things going on outside uh, that are on my control, I was actually recently um, watching like documentaries, uh, the power of intention, things like that. I'm just like growing. That's my goal. Yeah. And, we should start a podcast, yeah. Beryl. That's why I started doing this for my own self-development. Like I, I would sit around and I think, oh, I want to learn and I want to, how do I get to talk to you know, Bob Bowman. I'm like, oh, well, I'm in Australia. I would never start there. And I'm like, well, I could, you know, let's start talking to people. So, I mean, That's in awesome. a roundabout way, like it's it's interesting and I love the feedback and we have, you know, thousands of people listening to the podcast each week and, wow, cool. and it's, it's good for them. But I, I selfishly, I love it because we're having a really good chat here and I'm learning along the way as well. And, and <laughs> I, find, um, I find that stuff fascinating. I love it. Yeah. Trust me. I like, I don't know. I'm, I'm, even though, like, for example, at this moment, I feel like I'm, I'm taking a step back. It's, I know it's not true. So <laughs> I, don't, I cannot get started with that whole conversation, but yeah. it is so interesting. Then one day I feel like I've got to write a book or something. Yeah. Be helped because I'm not literary whatsoever, you know. I'm not <laughs> the best at that, but <laughs> I, I'm trying to figure it out still. And I think it's yeah. obviously a life work and things like that. Working process for sure. I, mm -hmm. I mean... 
you know, people think, oh, are oh, you so good now? I'm like, well, I'm not that so good all the time, you know, I yeah, still struggle yeah. time to time, but I have more tools in my like box. I have, mm-hmm. I just know what to do, react better, this and that. Yeah. Um, I'm still, I'm still an anxious person. This did not go away, you know, yeah, yeah, and yeah. accepting and which I'm learning. And that's the big thing mm-hmm. for me, accepting things. I'm a hypersensitive person, yeah. which somehow I just figured out. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and so you know, someone's face sometimes can impact me. I have a ball in my stomach because I know that person and I'm learning how to protect. I cannot be impacted so much by the environment. Yeah. And I'm learning that the hard way in a way, but it's so cool. Uh, I could talk so long about- all Well, I was gonna say, I, I, I reckon we <laughs> so need to do a part two um, someday soon. And we'll just, we, it's not even it's about swimming specific. It'll just be yeah. psychology. Well, it goes with it. So let me, let me relate that just swimming. Yeah, it's fine. I, I'm just, the next thing is canceled by now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> See, that's how I know we're doing a good job for everyone listening. Cause Beryl did tell me she's going to have to leave at a certain point and she's blown it off to keep talking to me. So we must be having yeah, a good chat. Well, I, I had an idea I was going to get carried away, but you never know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't know. That's how you say it, right? Get carried away. I don't yeah, know. No, no, said. definitely. Because sometimes I say things and it makes sense to me, but it's not the right thing. No, I'm to with say. you. I'm with um, you. We wouldn't be speaking for this long if you didn't make sense to me. I can assure you. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I don't remember what I was gonna say. Uh, you're gonna relate the, the psychology stuff to the swimming, so all that. Oh, stuff okay, okay. Ooh, you came back. I'm glad. <laughs> I was going all over the place. So, the self development that I've been doing this moment, uh, I related to my. Mm, yeah i did one um the 50 skins at the isl when you do three fifties in uh, three minutes Mm -hmm. yeah three minutes uh i've done it once but twice because i did the the attempt to put me in breaststroke or whatever anyways i I only have one time and actually ended up winning it which was super cool and i final with my teammate abby wetzel uh but anyways i relate that because okay so that's the end of a two-day meet, which is only two hours, but that very intense. I was racing a lot and stuff. Yeah. And it's at the end, right? So I remember like going and I've done it. I had the experience from the first year in a way, but you still never know. You still have to go kind of all out to make sure you get top four, right? Mm-hmm. So I go, but unconsciously, like I know. My subconscious, I have to just trust. I'm learning how to trust whatever, you know, like mm-hmm. just... If I feel like it, I just do that. Don't force things to be different than it is in a way that makes sense. Anyways, yeah. so I'm assuming it. I don't remember what I touched, but like probably third out of four people, something. You know, I know I didn't go all gas, but I, I go, you know, I'm like, okay. So when I'm done, I'm like, all right, two more, hopefully. Let's let's make this happen. The second one, I go and I touch second behind Abby. And I was like, oof, man, my legs. I was like, oof, oh my God. Okay, I'm warming down. I'm like, hey, legs like rocks. And I'm like, wow, this did not happen last year. Not like that. And, uh, you know, I, I try to warm down, get out, last minute. And I don't know if you watch it, but I laid on the floor, put my legs up on the chair. Mm-hmm. And that's something I do at the gym sometimes when I'm dead. I put my legs up. And mentally, I created that connection that if I put my legs up, I'm all good. It helps me recover so much faster. Like that. Yeah. I put my legs up probably 20 seconds. It did not do anything. You know what I'm saying? But mentally, mentally, yeah. the only thing I felt was like, okay, 
let's put my legs up. You know, that's the only solution I found. I did it. And I'm saying that because I actually saw a picture. Of my, I'm like laying on the floor. It looks like I'm definitely dead <laughs> and I won't go anywhere, which yeah. I kind of was, but it was a lie. That's the main thing that I want to like get to is that it wasn't true. It's, it was a feeling, but that wasn't true. I was not dead, you know? Yeah, yeah. And that, that, is, that was such a crazy experience for me. But to go back before that, the answer, I get up and we, we just go and I go faster than the, third, the second 50 that I did. And I win by like five tenths or something, like half a body length. And I remember like, I'd be being like, how did you do that? <laughs> yes. And I just touched the wall and I wasn't in pain whatsoever. Yeah. And I'm like, I will say, I don't know, but I guess I know, you know, <laughs> it, it, I was, she was so shocked. I remember she was like, dude, like what the hell? I'm like, I know it sounds crazy, but I went through so much that I feel like I'm able to push through sufferings more than most people, which yeah. sounds weird, mm -hmm. but it's a fact. Yeah. And also like develop those like mental tricks so that I know work for me. Mm -hmm. Uh so anyway, I thought that was a cool experience relating to all the mental work that I've been doing because it's all mental. Yeah, like, yeah. I, once again, was lying to myself, almost making me believe. How many times now I will just feel like my self the whole time? One minute, it was like my arms, like rocks. I'm like, oh my God, and stuff. I go, I don't feel my arms, anything. The mm -hmm. minute after, I'm like, almost like lamping, <laughs> whatever, lamping. Uh, it's just like, that's what I do apparently. Yeah. And now, for example, I learned that yeah. I always have to have something wrong that I feel like I won't get through. You know, it's like, mm -hmm. oh man, like my legs now, this time I'm really, really dead. I'm mm -hmm. very, str I struggle to walk. And I thought it was super interesting to, to relate with, with that because it's just not true. Like, it's yeah, just it's crazy, mentally, isn't it? you can just get past that. Yeah, the, the brain has control of the body, but it, quite often when we're in fatigued and we're, we're tired and we're done, the body's telling the brain, oh, no, that's it. You've got, that's, you know, that's half the battle, isn't it? For the brain to kick in and go, no, yeah, exactly. you, you're not done. Well, you've, you've got way more. Exactly. Even when you think you're done, you have more in there. That's what was uh, interesting to mm -hmm. to go through. The ISA was the, was the best platform yeah. for that. Yeah. Like I have to drink. <laughs> no, you're right. I always relate um, that story that we're talking about when I'm talking to my swimmers about uh, sort of marathon runners. And you always see them coming towards the end of their, their race and they're falling over. They're falling into yeah. things. They're stumbling. And I said, that is how powerful the mind is because at that point, their body is done. That's not a lie. Their body is finished. That's crazy. But their brain is so wired to be like, no, you've got to keep going. I feel so sorry for them. You see there's people trying to help them up and that's probably, do you know what I mean? That's the most, I think, um, perfect example of the brain yeah. being more powerful than the body. I, I totally agree. That's yeah, I have no idea what comes to mind, but that was a French guy, and that's not a great, great story. <laughs> he like, yeah. Basically, he yeah he pooped himself, you know, during the race and stuff, yeah. and kept going. That's yeah, no, that's that's, that's, that's commitment. Anyway, <laughs> that's commitment. All right, that's for sure. Now, I like to finish some of our chats, but also some less serious questions. Um, just to get to know what you like around at home or, you know, stuff that you've been, flat places you've been to. Yeah, food. I, I wanna, we're going to have to talk about food as well because I love food. But um, so we'll go uh, rapid fire. So whenever you hear the question, just whatever comes to your mind first. So what's your favourite music to listen to? 
techno, uh, electro house, so deep house. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Got it. Very nice. Very good. What about um, favorite movies? I don't have one in uh, action. Yeah, yeah, that's a winner. It's always at least it keeps you interested. Anyway, that's for sure. Do you have any tattoos? Yes. How many have you got? Uh, why does it take me so long? Three. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, why does it take you so long? A few big nights out and you forgot about a couple of them. You're like, oh, did I get that one? I can't remember. <laughs> uh, what about favourite moment in your career so far? Is there one that sort of sticks out to you? Yeah, I mean, I'm telling you that becoming European champion with my teammates in 2018 yeah. by far because that was a... Uh, Something magical happened in there. Yeah, a big moment personally for sure. Yeah. What about who was, who's been your biggest influence in your career, in your life? Who do you feel is the biggest influence? I, I've really, I can't tell you anyone. Yeah. I've never, yeah, I'm, I'm, I know I'm weird like that, but. No. <laughs> I never looked up to anyone. I know that's yeah. weird yeah. for some reason. Yeah. What about? I would uh, say my dad in a way, I guess, but uh, yeah. that's about it, and not really either. So I don't know. <laughs> no, that's all right. There's, there is no right or wrong answers in these. This is yeah, all yeah. just your. Yeah, For the people, uh, you know, will will have someone, and somehow yeah. I don't. So it's how it is. No, no. <laughs> it's all it's all good. What about? Do you have any <laughs> quotes? Do you like quotes? Are you a quote person? Oh yes, that's one of my tattoos. Uh, that's what my dad used to tell me all the time. It's Kiva piano, Vasano e Valentano. It means uh, slow and steady wins the race. Mm -hmm. But the actual translation to French is, or Italian is, uh, who is going slowly is going surely and for a long time. Mm -hmm. Slightly different to me than slow and steady wins the race. Um, And I've always been late. I was like, it really, it's my favorite quote. I have it in my my back in here. No, I like it. You know what's really funny about that, and you're going to think I'm crazy. We were actually talking, myself and the swimmers, a few of the swimmers this morning, about the tortoise and the hare. That that story about the tortoise and the hare. You know that story about how the no. so it's a, it's a turtle versus a, a rabbit, and there's it's it's some oh, sort yeah, of metaphor, yeah, you know. Yeah, and the, the rabbit's going 100 mile an hour, and the turtle's just like plodding along, and in the end, yeah, the turtle still story, wins. Right. Yeah, so it's yeah. really funny that you bring up, you know, slow and steady wins the race because we, we're literally just talking about that this morning. You know, that story comes from a French uh, book, like it's Les Fables de la Fontaine, right? Oh, really? No, no, I didn't know that. Yeah. There Pretty you go. Sure, but... Learn something new every day. <laughs> I'm not, I have to verify after this because not <laughs> No, <laughs> nobody fact checks stuff on here. Don't worry. I, I say some ridiculous things sometimes. <laughs> I hope nobody fact checks what I'm saying. That's Pretty, for sure. I mean, I know it's from the, uh, that book. But, uh, but, yeah, no, it's funny you say that because, yeah, that was literally we were, we were talking about that this morning. Um, well, oh. Beryl, listen, I want to wrap it up there. I think we can definitely have another chat at some point in the future because I definitely, you know, we touched on some topics that I guess we've sort of glazed over before here on the podcast, but we've definitely never gone too into into that much depth and I loved it as you could tell because I've kept talking if I didn't love it I would have wrapped you up and tried to move on and I, I was just too into it I was really enjoying it so thank you very much for being open honest um you know and I, I hope the listeners out there got a lot you know out of that and understanding that you know we're all going through stuff and they're like she's no- a psychopath in your right no. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> that, that is gold. <laughs> uh, mate, thank you very much for sitting down with me. As I said, I definitely want to catch up with you again uh, in the future and go through part two for sure. Good luck with everything and the preparations. Got my fingers crossed for you for you getting on that team for Tokyo. And uh, until we chat again, thank you very much for coming on Off the Block Swing podcast. Thank you. Have a good day. You too. Bye. See ya. Today's episode of Off the Block Swimming Podcast is proudly brought to you by our good friends at Pro Swim Workouts. Thank you all for listening again. I hope you really enjoyed today's episode. We look forward to having you with us again next week for more fantastic chats with the world's best swimmers. Until then, though, guys, have a great weekend, and it's bye for now. Today's episode of Off The Block Swimming Podcast is proudly brought to you by our good friends at Pro Swim Workouts. Thank you all for listening again. I hope you really enjoyed today's episode. We look forward to having you with us again next week for more fantastic chats with the world's best swimmers. Until then though, guys, have a great weekend and it's bye for now.